Minus 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5. That's one small step. One eyewitness. One major pop cultural event. You had to be there, uncover stories that shed light on our most iconic moments. Like real enemy. Each week, a different host takes on the task of finding and interviewing one person within 48 hours who was there with no idea what their event will be. Come join the ride. Tommy. Webb, how are you? Doing great. Tommy, your assignment is to find and interview an eyewitness to the night when Garth Brooks hosted SNL and performed as his alter ego, Chris Gaines, in 1999. You have 48 hours to do this. We know you'll do a great job. Good luck. Well, I'm not panicking. Are you panicking? Yeah, I'm only panicking a little bit. You know what? I'm going to call Julia Thompson. Um... I, I just got my assignment. How are you feeling about it? I have no idea about this. So it's, uh, you know, I'm definitely being thrown to the wolves, which is on brand. What uh, is it? Oh, okay. So my assignment is to find and interview an eyewitness to the time when Garth Brooks hosted and performed on SNL as his alter ego, Chris Gaines, in 1999. Okay. How old were you in 1999? I think I was nine years old in 1999. <laughs> Maybe 10? Maybe 10. I have a friend that works in TV development mm -hmm. who might know somebody that works there. Oh, at SNL? Yeah. She was like an intern on SNL or something. But now she works in TV development. So she might know somebody. So I don't know if you want to maybe give her a call. Like you can cold call Nico too, honestly. It's kind of fun to cold call people. Okay. I don't know Nico. Will you send me their number and stuff? Yeah. Okay, cool. Thanks, dude. I, I appreciate it. This is such a fun one. I, I'm realizing now my leg hasn't stopped shaking since I started this call. So this is great. Let's do this. Hi, my name's Tommy Kang. I am a comedian, actor, sometimes writer. So Garth Brooks hosted SNL in 1999. Now, the first thing to do is probably to watch the episode in 1999. But also, for those of us that don't know, who is Garth Brooks? Garth Brooks is a country music superstar. According to the RIAA, Garth is the second best-selling artist of all time, only behind the Beatles and ahead of Elvis Presley. He was born Troyal Garth Brooks on February 7th, 1962 in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Troyal, yep, that's a name. Garth has achieved massive, and I mean massive, commercial success, selling over 170 million records globally. I think I only know Garth from that hit, Live Like You Were Dying? Is that him? I gotta look that up. Who who, who did the, you're gonna love deeper and I, uh, some something and uh, who did it? Who did it? It was, oh shit, it was Tim McGraw. Well, that's embarrassing. Sorry, Garth. Oh, man, I'm in a butt. I'm a butt. Hmm. All right, so let's start this thing and... Lifetime from the New York! It's Saturday Fun Hour! Okay, Garth Brooks. So for reasons regarding attention spans, boredom, I was not going to subject you guys to listening to my commentary of an hour of comedy from 1999. Instead, what you can enjoy 
is my thoughts at the very end. I've completely fast forward through this. Uh, you're welcome. I've spared you that. Whoa, dude. I saw nothing about Chris Gaines. I didn't even see Robert Duvall until just now. What is going on, SNL? This is a deeper conspiracy. Where was the Chris Gaines? Why were so many sketches cut? Why is Tracy Morgan not in anything? Where was Norm MacDonald? Dude, am I about to be like a hardcore re like reporter? This is okay. All right, let's do some Google. I'm just reading from Wikipedia. So, in 1999, Brooks took on the persona of Chris Gaines, a fictitious rock and roll musician and character for an upcoming film titled The Lamb in October 1999. The film's pre-release soundtrack, Gaines' Greatest Hits, was released to much public criticism. Sales of the album were unspectacular. Who wrote this? That is so mean. At least compared with most of Brooks's previous albums. Okay, so it still probably did amazingly. Although it made it to number two on the Billboard 200 chart, that's huge! Brooks gained his first and only Billboard Top 40 pop single in Lost in You. The album was later certified double platinum by the RIAA. Woo, all right, what a career. Must be nice. I go on vacation with my parents, uh, still. Um, I'm crushing it. All right, so because I cannot find any footage of Chris Gaines, we're gonna have to watch Chris Gaines's music video, Lost in You. Okay. Oh, this is some sexy Sade. But it looks like Chris Angel. There's no more waiting, holding out for love. Oh, I get it. He was just trying something else, man. Why is everyone hating on him? He's got a good voice! Well, well, well. The plot thickens. I found, of course, through Reddit, our Help Me Find, and it says, Help Me Find Chris Gaines' SNL performance. It appears to have been completely scrubbed from the internet. And someone has said, Update. After searching for a while, I actually found it. I knew it was hiding somewhere. They've clearly made extreme efforts to hide it. Enjoy. Oh, it's a drive link. Oh boy, please don't be porn. Risky click. All for you guys. Here we go. Oh god, please don't be a penis. Oh god. Oh god. It's still loading. What is it? Oh, is this the whole SNL thing? Is that why this file's so big? All right, here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Gaines. Okay, so he only did it once. Where does he come in from? He just said Chris Gaines. Chris Gaines is... Oh, he's, he, okay, so he did run over, I guess. Oh, I have music friends. In fact, one of my best buds in the whole world, Sam Haft, is a solo artist and one half of the band, The Living Tombstone. Uh, let me give him a call. Hello. Hey, Sam. It's Tommy. Hiya. What's up? I have been trusted. No, that's not the word. I have been forced to find an eyewitness, a person that was in the audience or maybe crew cast, something like that, who was a 
saw the one time that Garth Brooks hosted Saturday Night Live and performed as his alter ego, Chris Gaines. Do you know what I'm talking about? I know exactly what you're talking about. I was not there. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, no, no, you're obviously, you're obviously too young. But wait, how do you know about Chris Gaines? How do I not know? I don't know how you don't know. What, what was the big deal about? I think it's the one thing I know about Garth Brooks is that <laughs> he had a brief alter ego named Chris Gaines, who I think was also not supposed to be American. Yeah, how do you know about this? Again, it is like the only thing I know about Garth Brooks. I'm not in his head, but I'm guessing he was like, you know what? I am one of the biggest names in country music, mm -hmm. and I want to do more of like a straight rock album but I don't want people to be like, oh, here's Garth Brooks's rock album. So why don't I just do it as someone else? Yeah. And then Chris Gaines looked like Chris Angel, although predated Chris Angel. Yeah, I've been saying that all morning. Okay, this is what's really suspicious about it, though. So I watched the Garth Brooks episode on Peacock, right? Yeah. And first of all, the episode is only 30 minutes long, as opposed to like the 45 minutes that an SNL episode usually is. There's no... You couldn't see any Chris Gaines. Oh, they cut him out? They cut it out. That might be a music industry thing where it's like they might not have the license to Chris Gaines music any longer to put it on Peacock because that's kind of like a new platform. So they might need to relicense it and they don't have that. Oh, OK. So it's not as suspicious and insidious as I think it is. It might just be more legal. No, I don't think it's a big grand cover up. I think it's just saving money. <laughs> well, this makes it a lot less exciting if that's the case. I'm sorry to spoil the magic for you. I thought I was going to blow it wide open. Do you think people were pissed at it? Because it didn't do well, apparently. But even then, it was like still sold 2 million records. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this was also in the days, I think Chris Gaines was like late 90s. So this was before the like total Napster destruction of the record industry. So even if you were like moderately successful, that was huge. You were selling a lot of stuff. As opposed to now where uh, musicians have five other jobs. Yeah, yeah, that's true. In which case, uh, I should let you get back to... Um, uber eats my five other jobs yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but like you don't think it's like a garth brooks asked to get it scrubbed from the internet out of shame or something do you i mean it's possible that it's kind of like a star wars holiday special type of thing where he just like doesn't want chris Gaines out there anymore that's a good analogy this is tricky yeah hard to say i'll ask around i'll see if i know anyone who knows anyone who might have some connection there thanks sammy i appreciate it yeah, no problem i can give you a second fun fact about garth brooks yeah what is it his first name is troil yes where does that name even come from i don't know but it looks like a combination of troy and royal yeah it's like someone was trying to say royal but they had a speech impediment and then they said you know what we'll just name him garth <laughs> yeah here's a question have you considered cold calling garth brooks's publicist well here's my question do you have that phone number thanks for calling major bob music and bob doyle and associates to leave a message press one start recording at the tone hello my name's tommy kang i am a podcaster i'm doing a show where we have to find an eyewitness to when garth brooks performed at SNL musically as Chris Gaines. So please give me a call back when you can. Thank you so much. Huh, okay. <clears throat> what else can I think of? Okay, we have Nico, Julia's friend. Uh, I believe she's a television producer and she's been working in the biz for a little while. I think she's got some connects. Hello. Hi, Nico. 
Hi, Tommy. How are you? Hey, how are you? I am good. How are you doing? I'm I'm doing okay. A little stressed, you know, a couple cold brews deep. Just trying to figure this (laughs) thing out. So I'm on the case to find someone who was in the audience. The one time Garth Brooks hosted SNL and performed as Chris Gaines. Okay. Are you familiar with this at all? I'm not familiar with it at all. Just so you know, I was an NBC page back in 2012, 2013. Hilarious. Which involved being a tour guide, working at SNL, memorizing the lore of everything in that building. I've never heard of this before, and I'm shocked. Oh, my God. Okay, well, here's what's crazy. It's also been expunged from the internet. You can't find anything about Chris Gaines or this performance. Well, I mean, I did do some light Googling and I found it. So I guess it's not that <laughs> much of a cover up. But um, there's a part of me that thinks maybe there's shame around this. But, um, you know, I did talk to someone recently and they were like, it just might be licensing, Tommy. Why do you always have to think it's such a bigger deal than it is? Have you ever been to Saturday Night Live? Sadly, not once. So there's like the studio is a giant floor and there's maybe like 35 seats on that floor. And that's like the tops of the heads you see when like the person's give oh. monologues. And then most of the audience enters from the floor above and they're like on big risers above. Oh, so there's a lot of space on the ground floor. And so there's like the monologue stages in the middle. If you're facing it to the left is the musical act stage. And so then like when the music person performs, People come in and like the producers will all come in or like the famous people who are backstage or whatever will all come and watch the musical performance. Yeah. Because they do like a lot of up and coming people who like no one's probably going to watch because they're like tired and it's midnight. <laughs> right, right, right. But, like I remember when I was there, Paul McCartney performed and like everyone came in. So right. this was height of Garth Brooks. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. My theory is that there might have been like a producer snl producer who is there you know i'm realizing now what was the capacity of like the live audience like how many people is it like a hundred people there watching it live for some reason i want to say 280 i don't know why that number is appearing in my mind it's definitely fewer than 500 people but more than 100 people oh wow okay so this is a small sample group this is a tough sample group there yeah like pages are in there for the studio stage, but that would be kind of like a shot in the dark because you like rotate who's there. So I don't even know. That would be a person who's like in their mid fifties probably would have been a page back then. And pages are everywhere, but that would be tough to find. That would be the age, right? If you were a page at like, let's say 22 years old and this is 1999, that's what is that? 24 years ago. Yeah. You're also a mathematician. Yeah. <laughs> I would say math magician, but I appreciate magician <laughs> as well, just as much. I don't even know how to go down that road, but that's a possible road to go down if we strike out with producers. Okay. I think the cinematographer who was on like a big, not a crane, is it a jib? Like a small crane? I think it's <laughs> Jif. No, I'm I'm kidding. I don't know what it is. One of the camera operators was like an older guy He's probably retired now, but I think he had been there for like the long haul. I mean, maybe you got to get Lauren Michaels. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hear he's pretty easy to get a hold of if you're uh, very, very famous. I don't know if I have like a few degrees of separation from a cast member. Tina Fey works in the same office building as me, but I'd be too scared to ask her this. <laughs> <laughs> Let me text my friend and see. Nico, that'd be a huge help. Thank you so much. Uh, this is exciting. 
The only other thing I'll say, I'm not surprised that no one's heard of it. Like I know when I was a page in 2012, we were not allowed to mention Ashley Simpson lip syncing when we would give tours. And we couldn't mention Sinead O'Connor tearing up the Pope picture. What was the reasoning behind that? Uh, Well, I mean... I understand you don't know if you're getting a Catholic on the tour because you get like all sorts of demographics taking these tours Mm -hmm. that Ashley Simpson, like at first we would do it. And then like there was like a big meeting with all the pages and they were like, I'm sorry, you can't mention Ashley Simpson lip syncing anymore. It's interesting to think that Saturday Night Live operates a little bit like, you know, an Orwellian dictatorship. They go, "Uh, this is not the news. This was not history. This never happened. Don't mention it. Yeah, sounds a lot like my time as a baby. (laughs) That's fun, actually. So maybe that's what's going on with this. uh, No one can find this Chris Gaines footage anywhere. Or not without really looking for it. Yeah, so like they keep it locked down there, PR-wise. So I don't know if something's with that or who knows. Nico, thank you so much. You've been a huge help. And helping me also just understand what the space looks like. Yeah, the fact that there are things that you can't say about the company and its history certain things ashley simpson being one of them this is very helpful no problem i'm happy to help have a good night my friend mike dickinson has uh his label chicken ranch records out of austin texas hello hey mike yeah that's fun Hey, Mike, it's Tommy. How you doing, man? I, I was wondering, since you are a music man that's very plugged into the music community, I was wondering, like, do you know anyone in the Garth Brooks orbit? Well, my friend uh, Mike works the Hall of Fame. I could ask him. And then uh, my buddy Brad's a big, he's a high, really way high dying country music also. He would be really into that also to hear it. Hear it you know, to just, Chris Gaines thing would be hilarious. So uh, yeah. So do you remember when this happened? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's like a kind of a a, a really uh, you know people out the hipsters are just like kind of fascinated by. It. Yeah. So wait, what was the fascinating thing? I mean, like culturally, what was going on in that moment when you saw that happening? Thing. I mean, he was just ubiquitous all throughout the eighties and nineties. You know, when he yeah. had the first hit. Um, I forget the first one he had the little big one, the friends in low places or something. Yeah. Yeah. That is Garth, right? He had, like five monster albums and you know chock full of hits in a row i mean he sold yeah i had to sold 100 billion records in that time he was as big as uh almost as big as taylor swift is now remember like best buy like they had our yeah. best, you know, best buy that i read the sunday morning uh catalog circular things this is garth brooks and the life of chris gaines and there's this like emo looking Garth Brooks, Ben Stiller looking mashup character on the cover. <laughs> right. I was going more Chris Angel from Mind Freak. That's what Chris Gaines looked like. Looked like he's doing close-up magic on the street, you know? <laughs> well, there is an SNL, I mean, an SNL video thing for that. I heard he was going to do a movie. That's just, he was going to go into a movie. I think he had big plans for it. Uh, it's going to be some like some kind of biopic of uh, fake biopic of Chris Gaines. Oh, he was going to go like all in on making this a character. Yeah, yeah, he uh, he had a movie written and everything, and uh, you know, Chris Gaines is supposedly Australian too. So I'd love to see hear his accent. That'd be hilarious. Oh, he was supposed to be Australian. Yeah, yeah, that's what the rumor has it. Yeah. Oh man, so this is like. I mean, I'd be embarrassed, too, if I had a character like that. I'm on top of the world in country music. I try this thing, and then it's just like, I just eat it. You know what I mean? I mean, looking back at it, I think that's gotten a lot more uh, mystique and 
maybe a tad of street cred just because he tried something really out of the box like that, you know, and I'm sure everybody in the country music would say, don't do this. Yeah. But it was just like a blip on his radar money wise. Yeah. He may have made, you know, 20 million bucks less that year, but still he did pretty well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He could still go to golden corral and be fine. Yeah. It was okay for, it. I just can't fathom what his uh, royalty checks are each month just with streaming and, and publishing. I can find it for you. And also, uh, there is a uh, Chris Gaines behind the music maybe on VH1. Yeah, it was like a parody though, right? I think they kind of like yeah, they were trying to help. I guess help Mark. Uh, oh, here's the uh, VH1 behind the music. I found it on, on YouTube. I'll send it over to you. Oh, dude, yeah, send me the link. I gotta. I'll, I'll watch it. That's so funny. So, if you have any leads on anyone like in Garth's orbit, or like you think of anyone that might have possibly been there in 1999. Let me know. I have a possible unique perspective. I'll send you on, on text. And also, uh, I'm like two degrees of Kevin Bacon from Will Ferrell. So I can you know, maybe get to Will's buddy who he grew up with or something. It's like, oh, the only person that was there at the royal wedding that I can interview is a member of the royal family. <laughs> Mike, as always, I love you and thank you, man. Sex. That's the greatest thing about being a musician. It doesn't sound Australian. I've gone to his hotel room on occasion, and uh, there have been more women there than I would count on one hand. 90s but his addiction to sex finally forced Chris Gaines to seek help. There were tons of people just selling their souls to even get a taste of being big, and then here goes Garth making this fake stardom story. I mean, in a way, I don't even want to watch it, right? Because it's all bullshit. I mean, you know. Well, it's bullshit, right? I'm having a hard time finding any investment in this. And in fact, I could care less now. I'm going to just stop five minutes in. Okay, I get it. It's a, it's a joke, but they're taking it quite, quite seriously. Ah, uh, what to do? What to do? I have balls in the air with possible connections to Zweibel through my friend's mom and a fellow comedy friend who is friends with Daryl Hammond. She gave him my contact, so let's see about that. So I, I'm just... Waiting here, I'm on the hook. And maybe you didn't know this, but Babyface worked on the Chris Gaines album. That's why it has a beautiful, sultry uh, soundtrack to it, because freaking Babyface is involved. The master of, of sexy time. Tom, what are you doing? And I also learned that Childish Gambino, a.k.a. Donald Glover, a.k.a. Troy from Community, does a cover of Lost in You by Chris Gaines, and it's fantastic. You should give that a listen, my God. Day one, you know, I think I did good work. I'm proud of myself. Hopefully I'll get some sleep, but I'll probably just be tossing and turning, just thinking about those sexy Chris Gaines lyrics in my head for the rest of the night. And I'll wake up tomorrow groggy, tired, aroused, and overwhelmed since I've come across this insurmountable task, you know, this Sisyphean feat of finding an eyewitness to Chris Gaines's performance on Saturday Night Live. I mean, my God, what is this? So anyway. I'll stop boring you guys with my commentary. But at this moment, you're the only friend I have. I am alone in a room. Anyway, good night. Good luck. Good luck to me. I'll see you all tomorrow. All right, well, here we are. Day two. Colin Webb. Hello? Hey, Webb. How you doing? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing okay. I'm hanging in there, you know? How are things going with the uh, project? Good. I got some leads and I'm kind of circling in on two people right now. Awesome. My musician friend's mom is friends with a gentleman named Alan Zweibel. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know the name. He's like a writer on SNL, right? Or was a writer? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the other person that I'm working on reaching out to through a friend of mine, they're very good friends with a person named Daryl Hammond. Oh, my God. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. He was President Clinton. And he was a cast member on that episode. So just waiting to hear back from these folks. Amazing. And seeing, yeah, yeah. It's just so funny to kind of be like, for example, you get Zweibel or Hammond on the phone and you're like, hey, you guys are amazing. Can we talk about Garth Brooks for a second? That's great. Those are both two awesome leads. Well, good luck. Uh, if you need anything, just let me know. Did I just lie to Webb? Why do I feel like I lied? You know, why does my conscience, why does the Jiminy Cricket in my heart tell me, oh, you were dishonest? You know, so that's that's, so that's what I'm struggling with. But, um, you know, it's a new day. It's the final 24 hours. We, we can find, we can figure this out, right? I'm a clever man, so I tell myself in my diary. And um, I, I think I can pull through. I'm actually having a lot of fun. What other resources are there? Okay, I'm, I'm searching my brain. I'm racking my reporter brain here. I'm thinking a resource is something called IMDb Pro. So I'm looking up this Garth Brooks episode, 1999, and no one has their contact info here, except for one gentleman named Wally Ferriston, who works the cue cards. Uh, it is early enough in the day for me right now where anxiety hasn't kicked in. So why not give it a try? Let's cold call a professional, a stranger. Hello? Hi, Wally. Can you hear me? Yes. Hey. Yes, I can. How you doing? Uh, this is Tommy. I'm good. Um, uh, I, I, uh, I, I guess, you know, uh, to make it sound like I didn't just uh, reach out to you. Um, yes. I, I, I should ask, is this Wally Ferriston who worked at SNL? This is Wally Ferriston. I still work at SNL. I've been at SNL since 1990 to present doing um, oh, the cue card. Man. Yes. That, that is awesome. I am doing a podcast where we are trying to find an eyewitness to the Chris Gaines, Garth Brooks performance back in 1999 because it was such a crazy thing to happen to such a big country music singer to, I, I guess, make up a character is really what's going on. But anyway, Wally, were you present at that show? Yes, I was. And do you remember anything about that performance by any chance? Let me tell you um, before I answer that question directly. So I... I'm responsible for the host each week for the of the show. So I'm holding cards in every sketch. I held the music intro, like I do all the music intros for that would have been, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Chris Gaines, and then once again, Chris yeah. Gaines. Um, as soon as I hold that that card, I walk backstage because it's my only real time to take a break. So um, <laughs> only thing I can tell you is I was probably sitting for three minutes <laughs> while he played. I remember music playing. I don't remember any specific. I couldn't tell you the song. I couldn't tell you if it's fast paced <laughs> or slow paced. Um, so I was there and I heard music, but that's all I can tell you about it. That is so fantastic. I love it. Uh, right. Because it, it is just another day at work uh, yeah. in so many ways. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> And not only that, it's not just another day. It's your three minutes to sit down. It's my three minutes to sit down, yes, because I have to hold for update as well. So I get three minutes and then update starts. So, yeah, there's really no breaks for me. The music is where I sit or I go run to the bathroom real quick and go to the, go to the bathroom. So I, I actually I love that. I do try to look for long songs. If I see a long song, I'm very happy about that. It's like, ooh, I get maybe four minutes or something. Oh, man. But, that... <laughs> but yeah, so but this one I have absolutely no memory of it but like most things when you when you've been at a show or something doing something for 33 years yeah it would have to be a remarkable remarkable thing for me to remember details about something so um unfortunately sorry i was there but i don't remember 
a single second of anything that I could tell you that would be important for you. Wally, that's amazing. I do want to ask, though, since you've been working there, was there a very big, memorable musical guest that... Well, I mean, obviously, the Sinead O'Connor uh, right. performance was probably the biggest one. And I could give you many details about that. You know, if that was your, uh, what you were asking. What you were asking yeah. About. Yeah. Sadly, because no. Uh, lots of things happened in that. Um, it was crazy, but, um, and then, you know, like we, you know, when Paul McCartney would, would come by and play songs and stuff like that, that's always pretty amazing. I remember you two had a really cool show where they started dancing and they came off the stage and went dancing all around the floor when they, which they weren't supposed to do. We didn't know they were going to do that. So that was kind of really fun that seeing the cameras um, scramble and try to get shots of it and things like that. So that's always fun. But something like that happens that they're not supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah. But it sounds like Chris Gaines or AKA Garth Brooks did exactly what he was supposed to do. He did. He gave me that three minute break. Yes. Man, so in a way, he's fantastic. Uh, I love it. Yes, yeah, without yeah. a doubt. Without a doubt. Well, Wally, thanks so much for chatting. This is the best uh, eyewitness uh, account I've gotten so far. So thank you so much. No problem. Good luck, my friend. All right. Thank you, Wally. Have a good weekend. You too. Bye-bye. Well, you heard it here first, guys. It, it, it was it was unremarkable. Wally Ferriston, uh, a man who's been working at SNL for 30 years, 30 plus years. To him, it, it, it's just a, another great music performance. Man, that is so fantastic. What a crazy job to be, not numb, but to be around that much panic, fame, talent on a day in, day out basis, where when Garth Brooks performs as Chris Gaines, you say to yourself, well, I'm gonna go sit down for three minutes. I mean, what a life. I would have been freaking out you know, I, I freak out if a famous dog from Instagram shows up at the coffee shop. So for me, that's that's my life. But, you know, I, I also live under a rock, the rock being Dwayne Johnson. I, it's like a parasite situation. I live in his basement. Anyway, technically, I did it. I found an eyewitness. They just don't remember it. Um, okay, yeah. Hello? <laughs> Hey, Tommy, what's up? Oh, hey, Julia Thompson. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm just putting some IKEA furniture together. All right. So I find out, uh, I find the cue card uh, gentleman, Wally Ferriston. Okay. And I ask him, I go, so I'm looking for someone who was there for the Chris Gaines Garth Brooks. He goes, oh, I was there. And I Fuck go, yes. I, I go, so what do you remember? He goes, I remember nothing. When the musical guest goes on, that's my only break. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, <laughs> and then, then I ask him this. I go, well, were there any, in the years that you've been at SNL, are there any musical performance that really grabbed your attention? And he goes, well, I mean, the Sinead O'Connor thing, but you're not asking me about that. I go, you're right. <laughs> I'm I'm not asking you about the Sinead O'Connor thing. And he goes, you know, but I have so many details from that day. And then we just, like, didn't talk about it. So I have an eyewitness. But he was there. He was just in the back. And again, I, I have a few more leads, you know, that could reach out to me randomly whenever. But I think that's so funny. But listen, I think that you should, I think you should interview him about Sinead. Ooh, oh man, if I, I should have done it earlier then. Well, I'll bother him another day. Yeah, call him back and just say, listen, like we might pivot to Sinead. Oh man. Well, I did just call him, so I feel weird calling him back. No, call him right back. Call him right back, Tommy. You got this. I believe in you. Interview him about Sinead O'Connor. He's going to love to talk about it. Yeah? Just do it. Yes, just do it. You got it. Just do uh, it. I'm going to do it right now. <laughs> okay. okay. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye. 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 Hello, Wally. Yeah. 
Hey, Wally, this is Tommy again. Hey, Tommy. I am so sorry to bother you with this. No worries. But uh, I just talked to my producer. I told him that I was like, hey, I found Wally Ferriston, and we talked about the show. They were all cracking up at that, like, you know, it was like, oh, he just went on his break. It's like, yeah, how awesome is that? To be so numb <laughs> to all the fame and the hoopla about everything. Um, and, and then they go, and then I was like, yeah, and he mentioned the Sinead O'Connor thing. And then my producer goes, wait, what? And I was like, yeah, he was there. He's been there since 1990. And they were like, can you call him back? So Wally, I'm so sorry. Do you mind if I record you about the, um, Sinead O'Connor? Do you have 10 minutes? I don't want to sure. put you. Yeah. Is that cool? Sure. Yeah. No problem. Okay. I'm, I'm recording. What was that like? I mean, I'm sure that when you guys do sound check, you don't know she's going to do that. Right. Right. So. Actually, it was, yeah, we were caught very off guard, but uh, at, when you look back on it, it was completely planned because what she did was she asked that she only be filmed with one camera for her performance. Oh, so she... So oh, there was no... There were, usually we'll use five or sometimes six cameras for a musical performance. So, you know, the director can cut around. It's like more normal. So she wanted it. She's like, I want to just have one camera on me, a single shot. So, so yeah. looking back, there was no other camera to cut away to cut something, cut, to cut something else. Um, also, what she did um, during dress rehearsal, she ripped up a picture, but she ripped up a picture of an orphan um, <laughs> making, making a different statement. So, so that yeah. we knew she was going to rip up a picture, the director knew, but it was just a picture of an orphan. It was a statement about how orphans are treated, I guess. I don't know what the thinking was on that. but Oh, man, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean that, you know, no Batman, no orphans. Yeah, no more of that. Right. So, so for Air, she changed the picture to the Pope. And, you know, everyone was caught off guard. The director didn't have another camera to cut to. And uh, it just, you know, and it, and it happened how it happened. And I remember, again, I was back in my area. I wasn't on the floor. But we have a... <laughs> we have a, We have a... Um, uh, a speaker back there that has the director on it. So when we can late in the show, we can hear if something's cut or they're changing something. And um, Davey Wilson, who was directing at the time, I remember him in his, I don't know if it's a Brooklyn accent or a Jersey accent going, <laughs> Oh my God, she just ripped a picture of the poop up. <laughs> <laughs> and that made me laugh. That made me laugh really hard. (laughs) (laughs) Is the first initial thing is, is like, not that she went off script, but is it just panic? Is it just pure panic? Yeah, it was just surprising. It was like, she ripped up a picture of the Pope. And, you know, me being, I don't remember exactly what year it was, but I was in my 20s, I think, you know, and I wasn't that into politics and that kind of stuff. And I'm Catholic. And I was like, okay, is that, is it really that big of a deal? You know, it's just a... (laughs) It's just a picture, really, you know? Yeah, you're like, I don't make it every Sunday, you know? I mean, like, how bad is that compared yeah. to, yeah, you and know, it's TV. Ultimately, it didn't help her a lot, and, um, you know, but... What um, an understatement. Yeah, it did not help her a lot to do that. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so it was more of shock, and it's just like, that's the kind of thing on that kind of show where it's live and people are watching. Why people still watch it, I think, because something like that can happen or mistakes can happen. You just don't know yeah. what's going to happen on that show. So it just really shocked everybody. Like I said, she really pulled the wool over our eyes by setting it up that way. She had it all planned out. And it's like, all right, well, let's go on with the show and we'll see what the ramifications are. But when you're working on that show, you just don't know what's going to happen sometimes or who's going to show up and do what. I mean, that's got to be the, the funnest part about it. But like, here's my question though, right? Like that happens. Yeah. You're a young guy, you yeah. know, and then, and you, yeah. you're not political, you know, you're, you're working. You don't even really have all the time to be yeah. as religious as you want to be. You know what I mean? <laughs> and yeah. so no. this happens and I'm sure it doesn't hit you immediately in the moment. It hits you in waves. 
right? Like as the weeks go on, you go, holy crap, this is a much bigger story than I thought it was. Or Well, yeah, because they kept on talking about it. And then I think we referenced it the following week with the following host somehow. And then she was, I guess, I don't know if it was unofficially or officially banned from the show <laughs> because she did yeah, something. Yeah, that, that would do you it. You know right? what I mean? Like, I, again, I, again. Again, the, the, in the, the politics and the things that go on in the inner offices, I'm not privy to. So, you know, as it got on, I, and then you read more about it and you see things happening and you see her career suffering. And it's like, going, oh, OK, this was a bigger deal than I actually than I actually thought it was. Yeah. It's the thing with SNL, like if there's a young band on that's not big yet, they have a single out. If they're on SNL, their numbers like double and triple the, like the next week because yeah, of being on that yeah. show. It, uh, there's so many people watching it and then watching it after, especially nowadays with, with the internet and stuff like that. Um, so it can make or break a band, but can also hurt someone if they're not good on it. They do, they do something controversial. Yeah, and I'm sure like the camera team and the directors now, I mean, producers, they never let an artist call the shots on how camera should be working anymore, right? No, they'll ask for things and they'll be a designer on sets and stuff like that, but I don't think they'll ever do something like that. And that's, you know, and it's always a safety thing too. Having one camera on somebody, you got to have a backup camera in case that camera goes oh, right. out for some reason, which, which has happened yeah. before. That's actually such a simple reason to have backups, right? Exactly, exactly, exactly. And, and I think artists these days want more than one camera. They want to show everybody in the band and they want to show movement. And they want to do these crazy things. So it's better to have more cameras. They might say, you know, shoot us in a different angle or shoot us from high and not low, like things like that. Yeah. Who knows? But um, yeah, they'll, they'll never fall for that again, I would imagine. Yeah, I guess this is my last question because I don't want to keep you too long, Wally. But like, because I have been, I'm not trying to brag or nothing, but I've gotten to go to one or <laughs> one SNL uh you know, after the show kind of party at some random bar thing. Yeah. Once yeah. again, uh, I'm really cool, Wally. I don't know if you can hear it in my voice. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was the highlight of my life. And I've been to Disneyland twice. And oh, so nice. um, was there a lot of talk after that Sinead O'Connor thing? Like, or, or was everyone just kind of like drinking, happy that the episode was over, just trying to relax and have a good time? Or like, were people like, hey, that was weird. Or, hey, you kind of deceived us here. Or was there anything beyond mirth and joy in the atmosphere okay so what do we do we know what year that was i can look it up right now um hold on so that was in 1992 okay 92 so that was my second year doing cue cards in the show shut up dude that's wild 27 years old <laughs> Holy shit. remember a cast party one of maybe 800 or 900 or a thousand cast parties i've been to oh, <laughs> like, we get it your liver's amazing Wally. <laughs> <laughs> oh i man. think I remember, I remember and this is recently i think seeing because this was the head the anniversary of this and i don't know it must you know maybe there was the 20 30 year anniversary of this but i remember the cast being supportive and like hugging her and stuff like that so i can imagine that stuff going on that's if awesome. she went to the cast party sometimes the musical guests don't go to the cast party so if she went oh, i could see them still being supportive or maybe she maybe she was like oh i can't go party after i did this big statement <laughs> i think the producers yeah. would have been huddled maybe and talking and uh, but i have no personal memory of it Sometimes they don't go. And I, you know, she doesn't seem like a big partier, you know? <laughs> Everything you're saying right now is so yeah. true. Yeah, I don't imagine. She's like, yeah, guys, I'm, let's do shots. I ripped up a photo of the Pope on TV. Yes, huh? How exactly. great was that? Shots on me of just Bushmills, a Protestant whiskey. It must have been crazy, though. I mean, your second year at the show. Yeah, it was. That's what, exactly. Yeah, my second year, I was just kind of getting my footing. And then that happens. And it really kind of... 
you know, sets a tone of, okay, this is going to be interesting. And then I think after my third year, I was running the show after three years of being there. So um, I kind of got thrust into it pretty quickly. Performers all talk about like chasing that dragon, that high of like when stuff goes crazy. Is there anything else is comparable to that? Girl who was lip syncing. Um, Jessica oh, Simpson. Ashley Simpson. Ashley Simpson. So yeah, so that happened. <laughs> right. That had to have been crazy too. Man, what a crazy show you work on. Now again, I did the intro. I walked back. By the time I get back to my area, <laughs> it all went haywire. The wrong song played. She uh -huh, did a little dance uh -huh. and walked off. And we were all looking at each other like, oh, boy, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> but that's really not the interesting part. So the interesting part was the following season, she was the musical guest again. Almost oh, as a, like, because her career was careening. And I think they felt bad. So they said, let's have her back and see if this will help her, you know, get back on track. And what I remember right. is I did the intro for the first song. And as I'm waiting for like the countdown, I look over my, my left shoulder is the host, the introducer. I look over my right shoulder and it's both of her parents standing on set looking terrified. Please, <laughs> the look in their face was just like, oh, if this goes wrong, they were beside themselves. Like, it was just awful. It was a really interesting thing to look at. She's on stage to my left. And they're behind me looking like, like nervous as hell. It was really bad. <laughs> and she did fine. She did good, but I don't think it ultimately helped her career. I don't think she ever survived from that. Uh, SNL, a lot of people watched it because she lost a lot of credibility by lip syncing. In a way, what I feel terrible about with the Ashley Simpson thing is, is that you didn't get the full three minutes for your break. Exactly. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. Exactly. <laughs> your poor knees that night, you know, you're like, ah, oh, damn it. I got to get back. I wasn't in the bathroom. I would have been in big trouble. <laughs> <laughs> oh man wally i i feel like i could talk to you all day um thank you so much for picking up the phone and for answering these questions okay <laughs> right, good. take it easy man <laughs> okay bye-bye well i've done it i've completed the assignment i found an eyewitness granted they don't remember it and we pivoted to a totally other subject of Sinead o'connor well not completely i mean it's still saturday night live right but I would like to dedicate this podcast episode to all the teachers that said I'd never amount to nothing when I was just trying to make some money to feed my daughter and to everyone else that's in the struggle. Um, of course, I think we all recognize that as a Walt Whitman quote. I'm a big fan of the Whitman. Um, but yeah, as this is coming to a close, I have to do the right thing here, which is I have to check in with my boss. I have to call Web Bar, the, the El Jefe. The big cheese, the cat, the big cat. I don't think Webb's going to like any of these nicknames. Anyway, let's give him a call. Tommy, how'd it go? Well, it was it was a twisty, turny sort of journey there, Webb. I, I started trying to find someone who was there in 1999, which just so we know is about 24 years ago. And... Uh, I found someone who was there, uh, a gentleman named Wally Ferriston, who is the uh, head of cue cards at Saturday Night Live. Oh, my God. And Incredible. I, yeah. Honestly, I called him randomly on a Sunday. And he, just like, he was like, yeah, I'll talk to you. And I was like, oh, my God, you're the nicest man. I wish you were my dad. It's incredible. He's seen everyone from Sinead O'Connor to Nirvana to Ashley Simpson, Garth Brooks, Chris Gaines. To Dua Lipa, you know? To uh, Dua Lipa. I mean, you know, there's not many people who have been there that long. So that's pretty awesome. Webb, thanks for uh, helping me uh, through this. And uh, I'm excited for everyone to listen. Can't wait to listen. Yeah, it's going to be great. Be well, my friend. And until the next time. 
Uh, this has been great. Thanks again, Tommy. Thanks, Webb. Take it easy. Okay, so what did we learn? Well, here's the real story that now we all know. One is it's not a grand conspiracy. The music rights that Broadway Video, Lorne Michaels production company, has does not include the music rights within their Saturday Night Live episodes on Peacock. And Peacock is a new streaming service, so the legality surrounding music rights is completely different. I know, this is boring me. I gave up on that sentence halfway through. But anyway, legal reasons, it wasn't there. It wasn't anything bigger, unfortunately. It's no Bay of Pigs for old Tom, but that's okay. Second thing that we've learned, more importantly, the big thing that we've learned is Paramount Studio approaches Garth Brooks in the late 90s and they say, hey Garth, you're like a slam dunk. And what we want from you is uh, we're gonna make a movie called The Lamb, which is gonna be this fake sort of biopic of a character named Chris Gaines. And we would like you to play Chris Gaines. And he goes, Garth Brooks says, uh, sure, I'll do that. But Paramount says, but in the lead up to this film, for PR purposes, let's have you release an album under the name Chris Gaines. Let's have you do a fake behind the music. Let's throw in an SNL performance in there. And let's really try to get the marketing and the PR down for this a year up leading into the theatrical release of this film. So Garth, you know, is a committed man. And he says, yes. <laughs> and he goes through all of this only for Paramount last minute to be like, actually, um, uh, we're not going to fund that anymore. So that's the story. I think the wonderful thing about the Chris Gaines tale, if we can think of it as a cautionary tale, is that America forgets. Why? I don't know, because healthcare is not free, because wages haven't increased since the 70s, and because the dual income household is, is barely able to keep a roof over your head. And that's why I believe in polygamy. Cheaper rent. Anyway, so you've heard it here, and you had to be there. Tommy Kang has solved the case of the mysterious Chris Gaines. <laughs> I'm amazing. I know. We don't have a fan email yet, but, you know, we'll probably have to set one up after this episode. But in all seriousness, thank you so much for listening. And please tune into our next episode where we track down an eyewitness to the 2,000-plus-year-old murder of Jesus Christ. Uh, we do have a lead of a gentleman from Nazareth, but it's Nazareth, Pennsylvania. How will we do it? Anyway, thanks again for listening. This has been Tommy Kang. Good night, Seattle. You Had to Be There is a High Bar production. Created by High Bar. Today's episode, Saturday Night Live, Garth Brooks' Chris Gaines, was written and hosted by Tommy Kang. Produced by Julia Thompson and Webb Barr. Story produced by Julia Thompson. Edit, sound mix, and engineering by Teeny Lieberson. Original score by Teeny Lieberson. Artwork created by Dylan Lathrop. Special thanks to our parents, friends, and to our story consultant, Nicole McCormick. And most importantly, thank you to the artists who have inspired us, because they had to do it.